Lord, we just uh, first want to lift up Pastor Pat to you and uh, just continue to heal his body. And um, Lord, uh, we are just very thankful to have him as this ministry leader, Lord, and it's a true blessing to sit underneath him and uh, the Holy Spirit that uh, provides uh, the teaching through him, Lord. So we just, again, uh, lift him up uh, in prayer. And we also lift up Gaynell because she has to deal with him, Lord. So uh, we are uh, just very thankful for her and what a blessing that she brings to him. And as we uh, begin to open up uh, your word, Lord, the Holy Spirit, like Rob said, the Holy Spirit, please come dwell within this place and, and bring your goodness right here, right now, like that song said, Lord. And uh, we look forward to this teaching. We look forward to what you're going to show us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so victory. Yay, right? Victory. So um, tonight's going to be a little different in the aspect of we're going to kind of walk through scripture and we're going to use my life um, as we walk through scripture. So if some things are shocking to you, I'm sorry, um, but uh, it, it, it really is one of my favorite verses starting as a young Christian and then the evolving of that verse and what it came to mean to me as a Christian that is uh, growing and maturing in my faith and what, what that looks like in the, in the trials and tribulations I kind of went through. So um, I think some of you will be able to uh, put that into your own context and some of you might ex have experienced the same battle I have with various sins and that internal battle that happens within, right? So um, that's what we're gonna talk about tonight and really victory is where we'll end up because we'll end up with Jesus Christ taking it from us, right? And how awesome is that to go through those battles and understand that there's a victory waiting for us. And so I like to, you know, and I was looking up uh, winning and victory because I believe they're a little different, but according to the definition of winning is being victorious and then victorious definition is winning. So I don't know how that works, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, and I, and I picture little, little Dwight, right, as a kid and uh, all those firstborns out there, right? So I'm a firstborn kid. I had to be first in everything. Uh, on the ball field, uh, the, it was the winning of the game. It was the winning. I was a bowler, right, winning in bowling, winning in golf. And, um, and, and I hate to say it, but uh, even in video games where my brothers and I, we would, you know, be all in the in the bedroom playing our video games, I literally would tackle them if I lost and told them to stay there until I won. All right, so uh, not my proudest moment. Uh, there were times where we were in there for hours. Um, so, so I think about that and the winning and then I think about victory. And victory through losing and victory through struggling, and victory through uh, the end of what God is teaching me, and that Jesus has that. Amen. All right, so what we're going to do is, uh, as we flip over to um, Romans chapter 7, verse 13, I want to, we've got to kind of set, set it up so that way we're not just talking about the law and talking about sin and talking about grace. Um, but I do want to uh, start off in Romans 5.20. 
Um, and then we're going to read through uh, 6.1. So Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And so he's talking about that, that grace and Paul, you know, and what a gift Paul has provided us or provided us, right, with his words um, and the Holy Spirit working through him. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that and recognize that sin is sin. And we're going to talk about the fleshy winning. And then we're going to talk about the, the kingdom of victory. All right. And so right off, um, we need to understand grace. Right? We also need to understand our fleshly sin. And we can talk about goodness and we can talk about evil and we'll kind of uh, digest that as we go through. But the beginning of chapter 7 really discusses in depth more what the law, right? About that law. What does that law have? And how it is we are no longer under the dominion of the law. But, all right, we, and I will say we are dead to the law. But what is the purpose of the law? How can it help us? Can it help us? After all, if God gave us grace, why worry about the law? So, verse 13. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. So this is the struggle, right? It's the law is good, but I'm a sinner. And am I a sinner because I sin, or am I, or do I sin because I'm a sinner? And if you uh, actually study that, there is a difference, right? Because we are all born sinners. Are we all born to sin, or are we all born sinners, right? So a little difference in that when we, when we look at uh, those words. So if we are sinners, then we are not good, right? Um, and does good not exist in us because of our sin? It's a great theological question. But what do we do in here? What is our goal? And keep it simple, right? We want to be good. We want to be good for who? We want to be good for Jesus. We want to be good for others, right? We want, we have that desire. You are here tonight because there's something in your heart that says, hey, I can't do this alone. Jesus Christ has provided that for me. And so what does that good look like? And this is where the law kind of comes in. Um, so Paul says, in fact, and when he says certainly not, uh, he is talking really about, and, and we can go, everybody remember what we just went over that verse? Certainly not, right? We are not going to sin just so that way we can receive grace. There is that tendency 
Um, and early on in my relationship, uh, it was more of, hey, if Paul can sin and struggle with this, then who am I? All right, I'm not as good as Paul, so why worry about the grace? Why not be better? Why not be good? And we'll get there slowly, but uh, we had a, a great conversation about good, evil, and sin in SOM uh, these last couple of weeks. So the, the question was, are we born in evil? Um, when we look at some of the evilness that's happening around the world, um, are we part of that? And just because we're Christians, does that prevent us from being evil? Um, does that look like sin and good and kind of the whole uh, theological process that we have to go through and understand what sin really is? And sin, um, and I believe, right, and so I'll say this, I believe that sin, what that does is it keeps us from God. Right? That's, that's what it does. So is sin inherently evil? Sure, if you want to call it that, but what is our desire? Our desire is to be with God. Our desire is to be next to God. And so when we look at sin, and if that's preventing us, what is our desire then? To not do it, right? But we've got this flesh problem. Um... I believe uh, several years ago, uh, the, the young legalistic Dwight would have said, yeah, sin is evil and you're born evil and um, your evil thoughts are gonna destroy you and uh, things like that. But there's one, one thing I was missing and that was grace. And that grace is what we're gonna get to. Um, but then in verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So carnal, being flesh, right? So um, sin uh, is taking us to our death. Is it our flesh that sins? And understanding that is key. Is it our flesh? What's our mind thinking? What's our mind thinking right now as we listen and open up scripture and we read scripture and as we come and hang out at you know, Calvary Chapel or church or you're fellowshipping with others and what is our mind, where's our mind focused on at that point? It's focused on God. And it's interesting because the more you focus on God, the less you'll sin and as we begin to focus more on our relationship with Jesus Christ, there is a tendency to work towards that relationship, not realizing and uh, not realizing that that relationship is there. And the work that we need to do is just understanding what Jesus had done for us and allowing him to take our sin from us. So I've been, it, it really may not make sense, but uh, as, as I think about kind of the, the way the young Dwight, right, that legalistic Dwight, and even before then, that winning Dwight. So working, working. Um, and when um, the legalistic Dwight was trying to get in a relationship with God and trying to build a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, winning was different. I wanted my family to win in Christ. 
but I wanted to do it. I wanted to have that family. I wanted, you know, that perfect thing um, and that perfect family that looked good on the outside, walking through the doors. Everyone looks at that family and goes, oh, there's Dwight and his wife and his two beautiful kids. Oh, what a blessing to the church, right? <laughs> and it's, it's kind of sad because I know the internal struggle that was happening um, in verse 15, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate that I do is that internal struggle of believers of that sin coming in. Uh, just recently, um, for our anniversary, I think uh, I had all our home videos, right? So we all had those camcorders and had them all digitized. And so I look at a time period of my life and you want to know what I saw in myself is not the winning. I mean, on the outside, things look good. I wasn't using foul language. Check. Wasn't drinking. Check. Man, I'm close to Jesus. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm looking at these videos, and from the outside, I'm, I'm looking at them going like, oh, wow, that's really good. But uh, as I watch them today, and as I look at them, I know the struggle that I was dealing with and the sin that I was dealing with. And I can see it because I lived it. And the internal battle that was happening, going back and forth between um, waking up in the morning going, hey, today I'm not going to sit. Today I am not going to do this only to fall into the trap of conducting the sin and uh, explaining it away. Oh, well, you know, verse 7, 15, and 16 uh, says that uh, Paul struggled with this too, so who am I? But yet, um, it, and it's amazing, and you can insert whatever sin you want after you commit that sin. How do you feel? It's horrible beat you up. And here's what the devil likes. The devil likes you to keep it. Let's just keep it in the dark. Keep it where nobody knows. Hey, there comes Dwight and Cindy. Ah, oh, he looks like he's not battling anything. Oh, he is. The devil wants you to keep that quiet to yourself you can take care of this if you want. You can handle this. It's not true. I look back at those videos and I, and I look and there's slight little things that probably most of you would not even recognize, but I know when I would say something to my wife in the video or when I say something to my kids in the video, I know that it was not with the right heart. And it's sad, but yet I look at where I'm at today in my walk with Christ and am very thankful for Jesus Christ opening my eyes and getting rid of some of my theological misunderstandings and the fact that Dwight can't do this, but Jesus can. Jesus can take care of it. I can work some, and uh, if you didn't know, we're getting, well, I won't, won't pick on any 
religions specifically, but there are a lot of people out there working on a relationship with Jesus Christ that they believe they have to work to get to. They're going to try, they're going to do everything right, they're going to check the boxes, they're going to struggle with their sin, they're going to ask for forgiveness, they're going to continue to work on their relationship with Jesus Christ, not realizing that Jesus Christ has already got his, that relationship already all figured out. All they have to do is accept that grace. So how does that law play into it? In fact, in verse 16, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Totally me. Who's the smartest person or who's the smartest Christian in the room? It's the one that's attending Bible college. Right? It's the one that I am getting all this information. I was studying, I'm learning all this stuff. I know the right things to say. Part of winning with coming in was saying the right things and doing the right things. I can talk Christianese really well. I can talk about, oh, well, grace, yeah, but did I actually believe it? I can talk about how God is really um, the most important thing in control of everything and omniscient, omnipotent, um, omni, I always forget the omnipresent. I kept forgetting that last night too when we were teaching SOM. But, um, right, so is my God really that? Or is my God going to take care of the things I need him to take care of, but I'm going to take care of the rest? And that's where I had to stop and take a look at some of these verses because I really was wanting to have that family that looked like it was winning, but I also wanted to have that image that looked like I was studying, that image that looked like I was, you know, in prayer, that image that I needed to build a relationship with Jesus Christ with my strength. My strength. Jesus Christ is like, keep coming. I can just imagine what he's thinking um, and it kind of reminds me of the toddler running, running to the open arms of Jesus Christ, right? And so as that toddler's running and stumbling all over the place and, you know, us as parents, we're sitting there and we're like, come on, you can make it. Oh, ooh, that looked like that hurt. Okay. Oh, you're getting back up. Good job. Keep walking. Keep running. And then grasping, right? And so I can only imagine as Jesus was watching me work to try to get to him what he's thinking. And maybe I can't imagine that because it's kind of embarrassing. And yet, in verse 16, like it says, I do what I will not to do. All that really tells me is that I'm a smarter sinner. Right? I've got the will to do the right thing, but I continually do the wrong thing. Why is that? That's that eternal battle. But now, in verse 17, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Paul, genius. Because I am now helpless. I can't do anything about it. Or can I? Or can Jesus? So as I break down that, this verse, right, it, 
it kind of, first I have to recognize that I'm a sinner, right? And so early on, I think when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you know, we need to go to him, we need to confess our sins, uh, then uh, the process begins after that, and uh, you'll hear other people say, well, there's more than that, you've got to do some other things. Well, that's not true, because we know who we're victorious through, but but as this is occurring um, in verse 6-2, certainly not, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Meaning, if I sin, right, what is my goal? What does sin do? And we discussed this already. Sin keeps us from that relationship with God. That sin prevents us from having that true relationship. But who can fix that? Is that our responsibility? On the inside, I truly believe that, hey, I am so glad that Jesus saved me, he has taken my sin away from me, and I'm blessed, and yet that sin dwelt within me, and there's that frustration and, frustration and that internal battle. Waking up, um, and, uh, and I'll say part of that was not necessarily the lifestyle that I was living, but in the military um, during the years from like 97 to 2003, a lot of shift changing, um, a lot of uh, tired uh, working nights, one night working swings and then days and then back to uh, mids and, uh, you know, just thinking about it tires me today. But as I looked at sin, sin really knew <laughs> that I was tired. The devil really knew that I was tired because there he was, ready, ready to execute, right? And ready, and I would, I would literally stay up at night and think, okay, tonight this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a plan. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to turn on the computer. I'm not going to look at those images only to have it suck me right back in. And then beat myself up over it. Because that's what the devil wants. But how, how do we take care of that? See, I knew what was going on inside. I, I knew that in order to be a, quote-unquote, better Christian, I needed to battle this sin. But the problem was, like Dwight playing little baseball and uh, the winning, uh, and when I look back at, at my baseball days, so I'm, I'm one of those kids that I needed to have the ball hit to me. So when that way, when I made the play, one, I would get recognition, that's always good, right? That's what I wanted, very selfish. Um, and two, because nobody else could do it as good as I could. Nobody else could, you know, if you hit it to um, Freddie over there, he's going to make an error. Go ahead, hit it to me. And I would always be prepared, and I'm always thinking, and I'm always, you know, just ready to, to make sure that error was not made by me because the team needed me. <laughs> oh, Looking back on it now, it's actually it's kind of really embarrassing saying it out loud. It sounded a lot better in my head. 
but winning, right? And that sin and, and battling that internal battle of saying, hey, I can do this. I don't need anybody's help. I'm a man. I am a man. I know it's weird out there to, for other people to say that, but in here I think it's pretty safe. Um, right? And, and so part of my genetic makeup, and uh, I'm sorry I'm going to, might offend some of you, but part of my genetic makeup is to take control, is to understand that, you know, I am the leader of the household, and what does that mean? And, and in order for me to do that, I need to win, because losing's for losers, and, you know, if I'm going to have a successful marriage, I need to be number one. If I'm going to have a successful kids, I need to show them what winning looks like. But what about the victor victory through losing? What about being able to admit that I was wrong to my kid? So it, one of the punishments, and I don't, have I ever mentioned this punishment before? I, I don't know, we'll, we'll find out, um, is so one time, I can't even remember what my son did. So he was a little older, he was like 12. And it got to the point, was like, I don't know what else to do. And so um, he had been going to youth group, we'd been talking about things, and, and I said, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna change some things up here. I'm gonna take your punishment for you. So here's the paddle, I want you to paddle me. And he's like, what? You know, I, I didn't do this with my daughter because she would've just grabbed it and started beating me then. But, uh, but my son, my son was like, what, what are you talking about, right? Well, well, Jesus showed me mercy and gave me grace. That's what I want to do for you. I don't know how else to help you understand the importance of your failure and being victorious through this, but you know what? Maybe I should take the punishment for you. First one, I was like, whoa, 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 that's not a punishment. I can't do it, Dad, I can't do it. Well, today you will. He still remembers that. Um, sometimes I wonder if, anyway, we won't go there. But, you know, it, let's place that with Jesus now. Who here really wants to walk up to Jesus and say, here's my sin, and whack? I guarantee none of us want to do that, but that's what we did. I know that's what I did. Every time I sin, it's like, I might as well be hitting Jesus, right? And so, so how do I internally battle that? How do I come out of that? And uh, it's, it's one of those where um, the battle is real. It's sin versus good. It's keeping you from God. In verse 21, I find then a law that evil is present within me, the one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. What is good is Jesus Christ, the fact that he died for our sins, the fact that this scripture, right, this Bible tells us what is good, and what is good? The Lord. the Lord, God. That's what's good. 
Let's talk about evil. We can start breaking down verse after verse and talking about all the different scriptures in there that keep us away from him. Don't worry, we won't do that because we don't have all night or all week. But I know this. When we are born and we can look at studies and we can look at um, those tribes out in the middle of nowhere who still try to do quote-unquote good, we are all born with this something in our heart that needs to be filled. We used to call it the love tank. And it was a love tank for our kids um, when our kids were rough or struggling. Maybe they had a bad day. It was like, oh, is your love tank empty? We'd go up and hug them like, get away from me. <laughs> right? No, your love tank is really empty. But who could really fill up that love tank? Jesus. And he's the only one that could top it off. And guess what? It doesn't cost five bucks a gallon. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so, so as, we, as we think about what Jesus has done and the love that he provides, though, all of us are born with that desire to fill up our heart with something. And that something really can only be filled up with Jesus Christ. Period. We'll try. We'll try and fill it up with other things. We'll try baseball, winning here, family. Um, we'll try with hobbies. We'll try with sin. And that darkness and that blackness and that gets in your heart and... Um, and Here's the battle I struggled with was, how do I get rid of this? Because I have to get rid of it to bring him in. And in order to bring Jesus in, I have to accept that it exists. For me, I would pray every night, take this sin away from me, take this sin away from me. Um, I would do different things. I would... Um, you know, like I said, shut off the computer. I would, you know, not watch TV. I would try and do all these different things, but it was not until my wife called me out on it. And when my wife called me out on it, guess what happened to that black junk in my heart? It began to dissipate. Because I recognized at that point my sin no longer affects me. My sin is destroying my winning family. I was the guy early on at church welcoming people to church, saying, come on through the doors, and oh yeah, things are going great, and oh, it's so nice to meet you, everything's great, yeah, I'm happy, uh, our life is fantastic. Um, I've got a beautiful wife, I've got two great kids, and uh, not once did I say, and I'm a sinner, and I'm dealing with the sin, um, and the sin is porn, and the sin is until my wife called me out. And then the freeing of it became <laughs> free. It's weird. But so when she called me out. I made a decision at that time to allow Jesus Christ to take over because there was nowhere else to go. 
I dropped on my knees um, and, and begged for forgiveness from my wife. I begged for forgiveness from my kids and um, family, and it began to open up my heart to allow Jesus in. I had been living a good life working on a relationship with Jesus with me trying to carry and fix everything. Wasn't going to work. In verse 22, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. Sin is able to gain strength in my life when I try to fix it in my strength. When I try to fix my sin, that's when my sin grows. It's amazing. It's amazing how that works. I can try and my hardest and try and do all the right things, but until, and we'll get to the end of the story here in a minute, but as I'm working, I am working on my relationship with Jesus, like I said, but yet I am doing the work. I am trying to fix this. I am, and when I say I, I think we all know that I is pretty selfish and pretty ignorant. Because it's not about me. I can't do this. I can't finish. I can't win. Unless. I can't be victorious. Unless. I can't overcome. Unless. Once I began to shift away from me, and began to shift towards Jesus Christ, that's where my life really began to change. And I remember coming to Calvary Chapel out on Hereford Road, struggling with some things and um, dealing with some anxiety and, and all this. And I'll say all this was brought upon myself. I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm not blaming, you know, uh, my situation I created that situation, but I came to Calvary Chapel, and it was then I began to recognize Jesus Christ, and we have a pastor who taught me really well about grace. We do have a pastor who forgives, loves, and I still believe shows too much grace. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding about that, but as, as I have sat underneath Pastor Pat, and sometimes he would, I don't want to say admonish me, but that's probably pretty close to what was happening. Um, grace. Pastor Pat, why don't we do this and get rid of so-and-so? Dwight, grace. They're humans. We all make mistakes. What's going to happen after that mistake? So Calvary Chapel um, out in Hereford Road, we come here, um, things are, are going really well, and you've got to be careful to not let your guard down. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the, this body of death? Wretched. Like the song, right? Wretched. 
ugly word. It really is. I recognize that I am wretched. When I watch those home videos, I see a wretched man in those home videos because I know the sin that I was committing against my wife, against my family, but more importantly, against God. And I know the battle that was happening internally was not being fixed by me. That's a humbling experience. I don't know if you've ever uh, tried to uh, fix, YouTube's like my worst enemy. I've, I've tried to fix things because um, the YouTube video makes it look so easy, right? So my wife likes it because she gets a new washer. Um, she, you know, when uh, other things, now there is some like stucco packing, pack uh, or what, uh, patching job that I actually had to have someone come in and fix. But, uh, right, it's a humbling experience when you try to fix something, you can't fix it, and somebody else has to come help you. It's humbling. Sin's the same way. But that's the beauty of it. Jesus is there to help you and wants to fix it, and all we have to do is humble ourselves, recognize that we can't fix it, recognize that we are wretched in our flesh because we are sinners, and yet we have God's grace through his son who, through that sin, he took it. What does he want from you? What does he want from me? All he wants from me is to recognize his position over my life. And I love where Paul, and so before uh, before probably about 15 years ago, I would stop, I wouldn't even read beyond verse 20. I'll admit, I won't read beyond, or wouldn't read beyond verse 20, because those were my verses. Paul, if he's struggling with that, if he's got an internal battle, I've got the same thing happening. Um, Paul, he's, he's like good to go, so will I. I'll fix this, this is gonna be great. The battle's happening, the battle's happening. It wasn't until I began reading the rest of the story. Paul Harvey, good day. <laughs> the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord that he has the abundance of grace to take away my sin and help me with my sin and ensure that he is taking care of it because I'm giving it to him. Because I can't fix it, but Jesus can. Jesus Christ is the one that can do it. You see, a good, hardworking Christian is still a sinner a good, hard-working Christian trying to build his way up with a relationship with Jesus Christ is still missing the point because we and me especially needed to understand that Jesus Christ has it all figured out. My God continues to amaze me every day. And I think some of you will agree with me the more I learn about Jesus, the more I learn about God, the less I know. He opens up a door. Um, I walk through the door. I'm like, oh, this is going to be, whoa, there's a whole new world here. 
what is going on? So my sins may have changed. I may um, have different struggles as we walk in other or in our shoes and we walk through life we are going to have our ups and downs no doubt about it but here's the key thank god i thank god through jesus christ our lord so then with the mind i myself serve the law of god but with the flesh the law of sin i believe the more i grow it's because jesus christ is watering What a blessing it is to be able to come to a church in the United States to hear about the truth and to hear that all our sins can be forgiven if we accept Jesus Christ. I look, um, and uh, if, if you didn't know, uh, we are in the middle of a transition. We're heading up to Utah, um, and the thing I'm going to miss most is about serving alongside you and growing with you in Jesus Christ. I thank God for Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to pray, for those of you may be sitting in here tonight, Maybe you've got God in a box. Maybe you've got Jesus Christ, and maybe you haven't totally relied on him. Maybe you've relied on him in some things and not in everything, but is, is God truly the God of the universe in control of everything in your life, or are you still trying to take care of business? I applaud the effort I applaud the effort of you trying to do good, but you cannot do good without Jesus Christ. I'm a walking example of that. Years I walked. I thank God. I thank God I'm victorious through him and him alone. He has provided the victory. He has provided life. He has provided grace, mercy. And he's the reason we are all here tonight. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. And I think about winning, Lord, and, and the fact that each one of us desire to be number one, but what's amazing is all of us are number one in your eyes. You can take it. We just need to give it. Understand who you are in our lives, understand who you are in, uh, in our world, because you are the world. We thank you for what you have taught us tonight, Lord, and if there's anyone here that hasn't truly accepted you and received that grace, Lord, get into their heart. Give them that desire to, to completely turn towards you.
once we turn towards you, we get to see good. Once we accept your grace, we get to see good. And we want good right here, right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.